An excellent uh, Monday for you, ready to rock and roll here on the Employment Hour. Uh, the number 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You bet your calls, take them over the next hour. You have uh, employment concerns, severance concerns. You think about losing your job, you, you smell coming down the road. Give us a call. All that information can be had over the next hour. Lior's going to expand on uh, many things tonight. You got some time. Tech, uh, check out severancepaycalculator.com as well. That your phone calls. We always get into the uh, the week that was to kick things off, pal. How are you? That's right, Johnny. Thank you very much. And really, uh, always great to be back here. We uh, we had a very busy week uh, last week at the office dealing with employment law issues and, and all workplace rights. And here to talk about that and answer people's questions and educate and inform, advise people as to what they need to know if something's happened in the workplace. You know, many times things are great in the workplace. And you get along with your boss and, and your boss treats you well. You get paid what you're owed, etc. But some other times, John, as you know it, and we've talked before on the show, things may go sideways. Something mm-hmm. may happen. Something may intervene and changes that dynamic. All of a sudden, there's a problem. There's a conflict. There's a dispute. And you need to understand what your legal rights are. This is important. So if you have a dispute in the workplace, you have a concern, listen to us over the next hour. Give us a call. Give me a call at the office. We give you a lot of ways to find out the information that you need to find out. Again, important stuff. And we're here till 8 o'clock today, back on uh, on uh, Wednesday to answer mm-hmm. those questions. And to get us started, a couple of situations, John. The first one uh, kind of made me made me smile a bit. A uh, very nice lady, worked for a company for four years in their, uh, in their accounting department. And she was let go and offered six weeks. Uh, and she was satisfied with that and was literally about to uh, accept or to, uh, the offer. Yep. I was offered six weeks, seven, so I was about to go into the employer and accept it. When she was doing that, she noticed uh, on the um, on the company's website that they were hiring a replacement. And that gave her a bit of a pause, simply because when she was let go, they told her that the position is being eliminated. And she, and she was, well, she was upset, of course. You told me the position is eliminated. Now I see on the website that you're looking to hire a replacement. Right. So that's when she called me. She called me because she was upset about the fact that they were looking to hire a replacement and that they lied to her. She wasn't even thinking in terms of severance. She was happy with her severance because she thought that's all she was owed. Of course. Well, when she called me, I told her the thing that you probably know I would have said by now, John. I told her, unfortunately, the fact that they lied to you doesn't factor in in the sense that they're allowed to let you go and they're allowed to hire a replacement. But guess what? You're not owed six weeks severance. You're owed six months severance. She was shocked by that, and, and she, she was really surprised. She had no idea. The only reason why she actually called me was because she found out that they were replacing her. So this is one of those cases, John, where if the employer had simply been honest, and, and, or maybe not even honest, just not said anything, we're just letting you go, they, she would have accepted the severance by lying to her and by giving her incorrect information. She realized ultimately by getting advice that she's owed more. Again, the lesson here. What I'm trying to say is if you lost your job, you have to get that legal advice. It's not even so much about why they let you go. It's about that compensation, that severance. I assure you, John, for her, the difference between six weeks and six months' pay is a few tens of thousands of dollars, a lot of money. Yeah, it's not always the financial that comes first to mind. It's the bruised ego, right? And it should also take a, always take a backseat to you know where your rights should be, right? Yeah, and it's it seems a bit cold to say that, but that is the case. The law really looks at money, the financial circumstances. That's the way it is. The second matter I'll tell you about, John, um, a gentleman. This is by the way very common with with salespeople. Uh, this gentleman uh, worked as a salesperson for three years, uh, and but he was treated as an independent contractor. 
he was making a hundred percent commission, making good income, six figure income, and was let go because the company was realigning its territories and decided to to uh, let let him go and and have someone in his place. And they said, well, you're an independent contractor, so we don't have to pay you anything. But we'll give you two weeks' pay because right. we're nice guys. <laughs> now, he worked exclusively for them for three years, making good income, as I said, six-figure income. And that's when he called me, and he wanted to know, is this right? Am I owed anything? And this is a very common situation with independent contractors or with salespeople. They're hired as independent contractors. But guess what? The law often deems them to be employees, yeah. just in this case, as in this case. He worked for them exclusively made good money only for them. So he's an employee. Because of that, he gets severance. In fact, for him, that could be as much as six months' pay. Uh, and again, in a six-figure salary, that's a lot of money. So I want those of you out there listening, working as either a, a salesperson or in a sales job, if you're really uh, not an independent contractor because you work for the company exclusively, etc., you have entitlements, you have rights, and it doesn't matter that you may consider yourself an independent contractor or that you pay your own taxes. The law is smarter than that, so remember that you have rights, you have entitlements. We'll take our uh, first break of the evening. Lots more to come here with Leora right up until 8 o'clock tonight, the first of two this week at 7 o'clock, of course, the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM 640. Monday evening, we are back here, of course, Wednesday at 7 o'clock as well, the Employment Hour times two during your week. Your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell phone. Jason, thanks for hanging in, fella. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? Go ahead. Yeah, I use uh, a company hired me for independent contractor uh, for five years, and then uh, around I think 2000, uh, 2011, uh, they 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 make me a full time employee, and now the the company is being sold, and they are only paying me or uh, giving me a severance for only the last six the last six years. Am I entitled for the whole 11 years? And my second question, is the severance uh, also, uh, how much tax you pay on the severance? Hmm. If, uh, sure. Uh, uh, or how much you, yeah. you made? Or now, Jason, you, they are, are you, you going to be offered a job with the company that's buying the business? Probably not. Okay. So if you're not offered a job, then yeah, clearly the law would consider you to be an employee uh, extremely likely for the full time that you work there. So because of that, you're owed severance uh, for the full uh, years that you were there. So if it's 11 years, I think it is, then you're owed that. What kind of a job was that? Uh, consultant. Uh, okay. Consultant, a restaurant consultant, yeah. And and how old are you, Jason? Uh, almost 48. Okay. So you're looking at about a year's pay, a year's severance. How much have they offered you? How many weeks or months pay? Uh, only four months. Okay. Well, that's a third of what you're owed. That, that's a wrongful dismissal. You By the way, even if you were only a five- or six-year employee, you would have been entitled to more than that. But certainly as an 11-year employee, you're owed a three times that. So you've been wrongfully dismissed. So you have to give me a call off air, and I'll help you get those full entitlements, help you get that 12 months pay. Now, in terms of taxes, it's taxed as income. Usually, the employer would have to withhold 30% for taxes. Now, you, you may get some of that back, or you may owe more when you do your taxes, depending on other income that you have and deductions, but it's taxed as income, and the employer would deduct 30% from an amount like that. But you have to give me a call. You're owed significantly more. Do not accept this offer, okay? You're owed a lot more, so let's chat about it. Let's make sure you get everything you're owed. All right. Thanks for that. 
Thanks, Jason. Appreciate that. Number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior. He calls here at the station as well till eight o'clock tonight. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Let's talk about employment agreements, employment contracts. So, why is that contract of employment? It's one of the most uh, important documents you'll ever sign. We touched on this last week, but I want to expand on it a bit more. Yeah, you know, we we didn't get into it in detail, and I think yeah. it's a really important topic. It is the document, an employment agreement, the document that governs your workplace rights. Oftentimes, the law takes a back seat to the employment agreement. The law usually says, here's what the law is, but if you want to agree in writing by an employment agreement to something different, then we're going to let you do that. So oftentimes, what you you don't know as an employee is you may agree to terms in the employment agreement that change the law, that change the law at least for you, that change the way the law applies to you. So you may have certain entitlements, certain rights, uh, certain things that you're owed, and you may agree to give them up in that employment agreement without knowing it. So we need to discuss that. You need to understand what you're signing. And by the way, John, when I say employment agreement, there's several things that can constitute an employment agreement, a job offer letter, an employment contract, etc. Any document that you sign when you accept the job is an employment agreement. So over the next uh, 45 minutes till 8 o'clock, we'll give you some example. We'll talk about things that you need to watch out for in an employment agreement. And hint, it's not necessarily what your salary is or how much vacation you're getting. Would it be fair to say that from the outset, the employment agreement, if nothing's if nothing's done to your employment agreement, it's straight just with your name on it, that's about as fat and as sweet as it can get for you. Anything from then on is going to benefit the employer. If you're an employee, you want to remember that less is more. Right. You want to sign something that's very simple, has your name, your start date, your salary, job title, your happy guy, if that's all it has. Because when you're looking at that three, four, five, ten page agreement with a lot of legalese, mm-hmm. I promise you there are going to be things in that document that are very, very bad for you, that are going to take entitlements that you have. You don't want that. Less is more. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. John in Richmond Hill, good evening. How are you? Good, John. What's going on with you? Uh, well, I just got a quick question. Yep. I was at, uh, I worked for this company for a week and one day, and I had no issues. And the, the boss comes out to me and tells me I'm fired because I don't speak the language. What language is that? Uh, Chinese. Okay. So he told you that you're being fired because you don't speak Chinese. What kind of a job? Was it a job that Chinese was required to do the job? Uh, no, it's a kitchen assembly. I see. Okay. Uh, and he let you go after a week and, and obviously didn't pay you anything, I would expect. Uh, he paid me for the week. Yeah, for the week, but no severance, of course. Nothing, no. So, for, so here's the thing. Obviously, if he lets you go because of that, that that's illegal. Unless speaking the foreign language is a requirement of the job, you can't be let go because you don't speak that language. That That's a discrimination under the Human Rights Code. I expect the problem is going to be proving it because I, I don't think that he would put up his hand and say, yes, I did it. Now, if you can prove it, if there's a witness, etc., then you may have a human rights claim here and you may be able to seek compensation that way. Severance after working for a week is not going to be significant because it's such a short period of time. But there's human rights uh, uh, legislation that that impacts this, and you may have entitlements that way. If you'd like to discuss that more, give me a call. It is illegal to let you go because of not speaking the language. It is about proving it, and can you establish that that's why you were fired? Well, right after it happened, I wrote down every word that was said, and that's all I have. That's a great start. 
That's a great start. So let, let's chat about it. Let's, let's talk off the air and see if it makes sense to start a human rights complaint here. It may well make sense. John, the number one 821 5900 As far as the rest of the show, lots more of the Employment Hour is just ahead. 725 Monday evening. Loving this. Your phone calls 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Phyllis, thanks for hanging through a short break there. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your concern? Um, I just got laid off today, and I'd like to know how much severance I'm owed. Okay, excellent call. Okay, Phyllis, so how long did you work there for? Uh, 17 years. Wow, okay, and what kind of job? What were you doing? Uh, filing clerk. Filing clerk, and Phyllis, how old are you? Uh, 47. So someone in your situation is entitled to 14 to 15 months of uh, of compensation. What have they offered you, Phyllis? Uh, six weeks. Ooh. Six weeks. Six, yeah, six weeks only? And you said, sorry, you said 17 years. Am I right? Yeah, 17 years, yeah. Wow. Okay. Now, they they give you advance notice of your termination? Nope. But they, I just walked into the office today, and they laid me off. That, that is illegal in so many ways. It's actually a violation of the Employment Standards Act. So you've been wrongfully dismissed, uh, and... and yeah, I, I can't believe that they would think that six weeks somehow would be appropriate. It, it, like I said, it's it's less than your minimum entitlements. Forget about your full entitlements. It's less than your minimum entitlement. So, uh, Phyllis, you really have to give me a call. The difference between six weeks and 15, 16 months is significant. Oh. Uh, what, what, what were you earning? What was your compensation? Um, well, what, do you, uh, what do you mean by my compensation? Your salary. Oh, uh, $17 an hour. Okay. So uh, I, I still assure you it's, we're talking about a difference of tens of thousands of dollars here. So give me a call, Phyllis, off air. Uh, you've been wrongfully dismissed, but that's the bad news. The good news is we can resolve this very quickly. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. That's like, what a chasm that is. How, that's not even the ballpark. It's not even six the same sport. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I would expect that she her, tell me six months, eight months. Six weeks, that's ridiculous. So so she's been wrongfully dismissed, uh, and, and I hope she calls me. I'll help her uh, get this resolved quickly. More like six weeks. Justin, how are you, pal? Not too bad, you? Good. What's going on with you? Not much. I uh, just had, a, I guess, more of a general question. Um, I've been reading a little bit on the Internet about uh, constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. I just want to know how tough is it to, to chase something like that or, or how feasible is it to chase something like that? Well, you know, Justin, it depends how straightforward the constructive dismissal is. So let me give you an example. Let me give you two examples. Uh, on, on the one end of the spectrum, you have the, the very easy constructive dismissal. So your employer reduced your pay by 40%. Well, guess what? That is a no-brainer. Very, very easy. You'll be able to recover that very quickly. There's nothing to it. Very, very simple. Because clearly, uh, such a change would result in a constructive dismissal. Let's now look at the other end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is a position, a situation where... Your, your compensation hasn't changed, your, uh, your benefits haven't changed, but they've given you a different role with somewhat less responsibility. Now it gets a bit more iffy. Now we have to assess whether it's a significant enough of a change to be a constructive dismissal. So we have to look at that, and that may be somewhat more challenging. So it really does depend. You want to tell me more about your specific situation? Uh, well, mine, mine's more, uh, well, I've been with the company for about eight years, and yeah. um, they, they gave me a promotion about two years ago. And, and right off the get-go, they gave me performance, um, I guess, goals to meet and so on like that, um, which, which are fine. Uh, but what happened was when I started digging a bit, uh, the first thing I noticed was those performance goals were ridiculously um, exaggerated. Um, right, okay, they were unattainable. That, yeah, no, they, they were 
Yeah, so that's the best way to yeah. put it, I guess. Um, on top of that, I was asked to do certain things and got in trouble for doing for not doing things hmm. that I can't possibly do as a professional. Um, so I mean, there was there was that part there, and I think that put a target on me. And lately, they've been really, really coming after me for okay. things that I can't attain. So I'm just wondering if that's something that we can do, or is that something I just walk away from and say, you know what, thanks, but I've got to go? No, you don't walk away from it at all. What you're describing, it could be a constructive dismissal as a result of what we call a poison work environment. They've created a work situation that makes it difficult to continue working, it's uncomfortable, etc., and that absolutely can result in a constructive dismissal. The, the, the key, of course, in this situation is to be able to establish it, to prove what they're actually doing, because, as I like to say, they're not necessarily going to admit it. So here's what I want to do, because there's a lot to discuss here. I want to talk to you, Affair. I want to talk to you about how we actually keep track and record of what they're doing, how we document these things, even if they're not documenting it, so that we build our case for constructive dismissal. So I don't want you walking away now. I don't want you doing anything, in fact, till you and I speak. Let's talk about how to build this case. It could take, it could be a few days only. So we're not talking about doing this over the next year. It could be literally days. But once we've done that, yeah, you may well be able to pursue a constructive dismissal. And after eight years, you're going to be owed significant compensation. It could be eight months. It could be 10 months. It could even be more than that, depending on your age and position. So there's a lot to talk about, uh, Justin. So let's, let's do that off air and let's, uh, let's uh, move forward uh, with a constructive dismissal if possible. Justin, that's uh, number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. By the way, emails Lior L I O R at employmenthour dot com. We'll take a, a quick pause here, and we'll be back with lots more of the show. Still another half hour to go. Lots of time for you to call into the radio station, get your answers and questions on with Lior. Monday night employment hour, also Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Terry, thanks for hanging in there. How are you? Not bad, you. Good, Terry. What's uh, what's your concern? My concern is um, I've been with this company for 26 years. Uh, I went off on disability, and when I went off on disability, I was I was a road guy. I was on the road all day, working from home, and carrying on. Uh, right. I went back to work because they cut me off on December 25th, and my car is now gone and I'm working from the office. My car, I would think, was income before because I was paying income tax on it. Right. That seems like lost wages to me. And now you have to come into the office every day? Yes. Now, first of all, let me ask you this. Do you agree with the insurance company's decision to cut you off? Do you think that was the right decision? Or, I appe- I or do you think it. you should have stayed longer? I appealed it at the time, but was I went back. I They said, no, go back. We're not paying you. Because you appealed it to the insurance company. That cut you off. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So so the first thing that we need to talk about and, and, and discuss is whether or not we can deal with the insurance company. Because if you're, you feel that you're not yet ready to go back to work the way you were and your doctor supporting you, we can get the insurance company to, to pay you and do all, or, or resume benefits. Usually those internal appeals are not successful. They're a bit of a waste of time, but there's ways to deal with that by way of legal means. So that's issue number one. So we, wow, we should on. talk about that off air. Okay. Uh, the second second issue, uh, uh, Terry, is the what you've described with your employer. So, no, they don't have a right to change the terms of employment this way. So, number one, they change your compensation, as you've just said, 
by by not giving you the car now of course that's a big deal the other big deal probably even bigger deal i would say is the fact that instead of working from home now you work in the office that's a big change i actually was talking to one of my colleagues about a case like that earlier today so this could be treated as a constructive dismissal the only thing that concerns me is if you've now been doing this since december well there's a there's an argument there that you've accepted these changes uh, because you've been doing it for the last couple of months so I, that window, I didn't, if, I didn't go back in December. I've oh, when did back, you go back? I've been back a month. Oh, okay. Now I'm happy. Now I'm a much happier guy. Yeah. So that window is still open for you, but it's closing quickly. So I want to speak to you uh, about this very soon because we may be able to pursue a constructive dismissal. How long have you been there, total? Twenty-six years. You've been there. Yes. Yeah. So you could be out as much as two years pay, uh, Terry. So there's a lot to talk about. But the, if you continue working, even though I know you're not happy, you're going to be considered to have accepted these changes. So the window is, is not closed, but it's closing quickly, like literally in the next day, a few days, or well, you know, a week I, or two. I was, I was told at the time, because the computer systems had changed and blah, 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 that I have to come in the office for a while. I went into the office for a while, supposedly. Yes. But now it's turned into a month, and I can see it turning into many months, to tell you the truth. Okay. So, so let's talk about that, because we can do one of two things. Either we can get them to back off and let you work from home, or if they won't back off, we can get you compensation. So we can do one of those two things for sure. And the other thing is we need to deal with is potentially with your insurance company, because if you're not able or, or feel that you're able to return to work as the way you were, and if your doctor supports you, the fact that they cut you off, as they often do, doesn't make it right, and we may be able to resolve that issue as well. So there's a lot to talk about here, Terry, so we definitely should be speaking off air as soon as possible. Okay. So I'm going to give you this number to uh, to write down, Terry. It's 1-855-821-5900. Again, one 855 As soon as you can, like... Uh, Tomorrow would be great. Give Leor a call and uh, and get working on this one for sure. John, we'll get you in before the break, pal. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. What's your concern? Um, okay, my um, my friend um, he doesn't know much English, so he works here for 22 years, and um, company company gets slow, and he they laid him off. Um, this is about uh, before Christmas they laid him off. So, yes. Uh, they promised they will call him back, call him back. They never call him back, and um, uh, so I just want to know what's his option. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to let you know that there's a union at the place there too, right? But I don't think the okay. union is doing doing anything for this guy. Unfortunately, um, if he's unionized, there's really nothing that can be done. The union is the only one that's allowed to help him. There, there's no other options, no other choices. And also a layoff like this actually in a unionized environment may be legal. It would be illegal in a non-union environment. It could actually be legal here. And unfortunately, John, you're, you're a very, very good friend for, 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 uh, for calling for him. But there's really nothing that can be done in a unionized environment. The union's the only one that can help them. Even if they won't do anything, there's still no, nothing else that can be done. You're, you're, you're stuck in that process. So he has to speak with his union. We'll take a, a short break, get some answers with Lior for the remainder of this hour in the Employment Hour. Continue our discussion on employment agreements and how important that little or big document can be. Basically governs what happens to you and your uh, employment for uh, however long you're there. Like Terry there, 26 years, that could be a very important thing when it comes to lengthy employees like that. So what type of employment arrangements are there in that document? So the most common one, obviously, is what we call an indefinite duration employment agreement. That's when you're offered a job with no fixed end date. You're going to be an employee. doesn't matter if it's full-time, part-time, hourly, uh, salary. That's mm-hmm. what we call an indefinite duration employment. That That's common. 
uh, very, very, uh, you know, probably the, the one you see most often. Another one is what we call a fixed-term employment agreement. So that may be an agreement where you only work there for a period of time. So maybe it's a mat leave uh, replacement or for a specific project, so you're hired for a year or six months or 12 months. So those are important terms. Remember, by the way, John, with a fixed-term agreement, if you lose your job before the end of the agreement, they have to pay the balance of right. it. So if you sign a one-year employment agreement and they decide that they want to let you go after three months, they still have to pay you for the last nine months. Mm -hmm. So that's extremely important to watch out for with a fixed-term agreement. So those are the most common one, fixed-term employment agreement uh, or a indefinite duration employment agreement. Either way, they're going to come usually with a document to sign, a job offer letter, a contract of employment. You have to be careful. You have to watch out. You have to understand what you're signing. That uh, fixed-term contract, can they, can they legal their way out of paying the last nine months, as you said? Well, the only way they can, as you say, wiggle your, uh, their way out of paying it is if they put in a, an early exit clause. Right. If they put something in the agreement that gives them explicitly the right to end early, well, that agreement, that uh, provision is going to apply. So, for example, it may say, employee, we're hiring you for a year, but... If we want to let you go before the end of the year, we're going to give you two weeks notice or two weeks pay. If that's what it says, in many cases, not every case, that may be enforceable, and that's all the employer would have to pay. But the lesson here is that's not always the case. So even though you, you think your agreement may say something, it may give the employer an early exit clause, you still have to get legal advice if you lose your job because you don't know and you want to make sure that you get everything that you're owed. Very important. Otherwise, you may realize when it's too late that you were owed something else. 416-870-6400, star 640, the number to call you. Have any questions? So let's talk about some of those uh, those terms that you got to pay close attention to can really uh, bite you in the rear end if it comes uh, around to the time where you get let go. Give me some of the worst ones or best ones. Well, yeah, John, obviously, you know, yeah, the worst ones, the best ones, depending on your perspective. But ultimately, most people that I know, most people that I know, when they get a job offer letter, they're going to look at the job title, the salary, how much vacation, mm -hmm. you know, if there's a bonus, the, the, the things that you can see and understand. And, and that's natural. That's normal. That's what most people are going to look at. But I'm here to tell you and give you examples that there are things you need to watch out for that are just as important or, or more important. The first one is a termination clause. Yes, you want to think about termination of employment when you first start the job. Why? Because your employer is thinking about it. If your employment agreement contains a term that limits your future severance, that could be a problem because at some point that term can cost you tens of thousands of dollars. So many times an employer may have a term in the agreement that says, employee, if we ever let you go, we'll only pay you your minimum entitlements. Well, if that's what it says, that may mean you're not going to get your full entitlements. That means if they let you go for any reason, you're only going to get a fraction, a small fraction of what you're actually owed. So you may not have realized that you've already signed away a lot of the rights that you have. Another term in an employment agreement that could be a problem is if the agreement allows the employer to change the terms of employment. If it allows the employer to change your job title or compensation or work location, that's a problem. Many times the employment agreement says we can change your compensation in our discretion or job duties. Think how absurd Oof. that is, John. Well, we just negotiated my salary is going to be $60,000. We negotiated that. But it also says you can change it at any time. So why bother negotiating? May as well just hire me and say you'll pay me whatever you want. You'll, you'll give me whatever, <laughs> whatever job you want, and I can't do anything. That's silly. 
Usually, an employer does not have a right to change the terms of employment, but if you gave them that right in the employment agreement, then they have it. So you may have agreed to allow the employer to do whatever it wants. You wanna watch out for it. You don't wanna give the employer that power. Finally, one of the ones I'll mention, a non-competition obligation. Mm -hmm. You may have agreed not to work in the industry for two years. That may or may not be enforceable, but you still have to watch out for it, John. Now, to kind of finish this analysis a bit, let's think you have a non let's imagine you have a non-competition obligation and a termination clause. What's the effect of that? The effect of that is your employer can let you go at any time for any reason, pay you almost nothing. Oh, and by the way, if that happens, you can't work in the industry for two years. So that's a huge problem. Now you understand why I'm saying you should be paying attention to things other than your salary. These things can be negotiated. You have to watch out for them. Don't give up your rights when you sign a job offer letter. How about uh, independent contractors? Different story? Well, you know, with an independent contractor, the question really is, is someone an employee or an independent contractor for real? Most of the time when I see quote-unquote independent contractors, in the eyes of the law, they're really employees. So you still want to be careful with the employment agreement or the agreement that you're going to sign. You want to understand whether you're really going to be working exclusively full-time for them. You don't want to be calling yourself something that you're not. So if you're offered a job and they say, well, no, no, you're not going to be an employee, you wanna, you're want you going to be an independent contractor, you have to get some advice to understand whether that arrangement is even legal. You don't want to get into problems with the government and CRA because you're misclassifying yourself. That's a huge issue, so you have to get some advice. Take a quick one, our last break for the night till we get to 8 o'clock. Have some concerns you want to get in before the end of the show for tonight, before we're back on Wednesday. Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. Well, if you missed any of this show, we are back here Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, same time, same phone numbers to contact. Want to touch on this before we uh, before we forget, that would be the Severance Pay Calculator at severancepaycalculator.com. Good tool. Yeah, that's, that's right, John. So I've already, uh, on this show three or four times, asked individuals three questions. I asked them how long you worked, how old they are, and the type of job. These are individuals that lost your job. And why did I ask those questions? Well, because those are the main factors that go into assessing and determining how much severance someone is owed, how much compensation they're owed if they lost their job. So I can do that assessment because I'm I'm a lawyer, but you should be able to do that assessment as well. So that's why I created the severance calculator. As you said, the address of the severance calculator is severancepaycalculator.com. And that's all it does. It calculates, it tells you how much severance you're owed. You put those three pieces of information there, your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you're done. It tells you whether you're owed six months, 12 months, 18 months, or anything else in between. It, it is so easy to use. It takes 10 seconds or 15 seconds, and, and it's free and it's anonymous. You can go there right now. Maybe you're just curious. You heard our show and you were wondering, wait a second, would I be owed six months or 12 months like that other person? Well, find out right now. Make it the first place you go to if you lose your job. If you're speaking across the hall uh, with a friend that they lost their job, let them know as well. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Now, you've, you quite often get emails saying, oh, man, you got a bug in the system. This thing's way off. My employer says I'm owed four weeks and says, says I'm six months. What, what's wrong with your calculator? I get that daily, John. And we've <laughs> had calls like that on the show as well. Mm-hmm. People saying, well, no, I can't be right. And I know it's supposed to be a week per year, and this tells me I'm getting two months per year. What, what, what's the deal? Well, it is accurate. It is true. 
There's a lot of misconceptions out there. That's why people think that they're owed less than what they're really owed. That's why I created the calculator. If everyone knew how much they're owed if they lost their job, there will be no need for the severance calculator. The reason it's needed is people don't know. Because people they don't, don't know, they accept less than what they're owed every day. Don't let that happen to you. The calculator is right. It's accurate. Use it. You know, we're talking about terms of the employment contract for people who are uh, benefiting as employees. So as, a, as an employer insists on having employees sign a contract, when is that enforceable? So first of all, you know, everything I've said now uh, for employees, employers should be mindful of the fact that an, an employment agreement helps them. An employer should have an employment agreement that's lengthy, that's robust, that addresses all those terms. An employee obviously wants less, the employer wants more. So remember that. Now, if you're an employer and you're going to have an employee sign the agreement, you want to make sure that it's enforceable. To make it enforceable, generally it has to be signed before the employee starts working. Not after, not on their first day or during their lunch break or after they do their orientation. They sign it before they start working. Otherwise, they may not be enforceable. Or if you want them to sign after, you have to give them something in return. A pay raise, a promotion, a signing bonus, anything like that. If you just show up one day and say, hey, employee, sign this agreement, and the employee signs that agreement, it's arguably not enforceable, not worth the paper it's written on, and it's a big waste of time. I've had many cases over the years where I had an employee come to me and they thought, oh, my God, I'm not going to get a lot of severance because that's what my employment agreement says. And I found out after that, well, no, they actually signed that after they started working, so it's not enforceable. Therefore, they're still owed their full severance, so the devil's in the details. That could be huge. Someone who's been working for 25 years for a company, and they realize, you know what, I, I signed this thing after my first week on the job. It happens all the time. All the time. And, and you know, it literally could be the $100,000 question. Yeah. So if you're an employee, again, you, you're happy if you didn't sign it on time. If there's uh, terms in the agreement that are problematic, if you're an employer, be responsible, be careful, and don't have the employee sign or start working before they sign. So the message here is, is counterintuitive, as it may sound for employees, is you're better off starting a job on a handshake. Okay? Yeah. A handshake is far better off than a 10-page document with a lot of details. Every time it's going to be better because in that 10-page document, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be problematic for you, whereas if you sign on a or start on a handshake, that means you have the full protection of the law. Back in here on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Another excellent show, my friend. In the meantime, severancepaycalculator.com is the website, the number 1-855-821-5900. And you want to reach out through email, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll catch you Wednesday right here, 7 o'clock.